Hello, and welcome to... Wait a second. Calvin, where are we? Well, we're in the recording studio, but this isn't our podcast. I think this is another show on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Oh man, we gotta get out of here. Wait, maybe we should tell them about our show. Hey, that's a swell idea. Our show, Let's Pharmanize, is everything you'd want in a pharmacy podcast. History, pop culture, sex appeal, and humor. We've covered the drug from Limitless, medicine of World War II, the ancient history of birth control, and more. Let's open the vault. Crack that baby open. Does one of the side effects of this medication include a good time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's E. So there's G-M-A-D and then there's E. E stands for allergies. It's like this spider, like, drapey thing. We have used wet meatloaf five times in this conversation, and that is five too many times to use the term wet meatloaf. It's like a round lasagna. I mean, you know, it hurts pretty bad, and you're thinking, man, onga bunga, this is pretty bad. (laughs) We post new episodes every Monday. Check out Let's Farmanize on your favorite podcast platform and social media. All that and more on Let's Farmanize. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is On Script, hosted by Jeremy Sasser, a podcast publication partnership between the Pharmacy Podcast Network and National Health Career Association. Our podcast is dedicated to providing the pharmacy technician workforce with news, real-life stories, and discussions that can impact personal and professional growth. Here's certified pharmacy technician and National Health Career Association content strategist, your host, Jeremy Sasser. Let's get On Script with NHA. Pharmacy Podcast Nation, thanks again for joining us here at On Script, the only podcast on the Pharmacy Podcast Network dedicated to the pharmacy technician workforce. We have a great show in store today. And of course, wouldn't be an On Script podcast if I wasn't joined by the co-hostess with the mostest, Jessica Langley. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Happy to be here. And we we have we had talked in the past. We've had uh, Dr. Shane DeSell as a, a recurring guest on, on the show. I think he's probably him and, and Dr. Homeyer probably are the are the two most frequent guests that we've had. And as much as we love Dr. DeSell for today's show, we said, Dr. DeSell, why don't you have some of your students or some of your protégés join us and discuss what kind of work they're doing so we can all help to uh, carry on his his work and, and idea around the technician workforce. So we are very excited today to have three of his, uh, I don't want to say former students, but Two newly graduated as of a few weeks ago, uh, pharmacists, and a second year going into her second year of pharmacy school. They're joining us from Toro University of California, a school of pharmacy or college of pharmacy. And I'd like to welcome first Valerie Wassum. She is going to, she just finished up her first year at the university, uh, Toro University of California. And we also have Sarah Carpio and Joanne Canedo, who both just recently graduated and are now, I guess I should refer to you as doctors, Carpio and Canedo. So congratulations on that. We're really excited to have you and, and, and discuss what you guys have done and, and research and what your thoughts are on the, on the technician workforce. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. 
Yeah, thank you. Really excited to um, to be here right now. Now, Jeremy, I have to caveat. These are these are not just your typical. I don't think personally pharmacy students or now doctors, which I'm sure ladies, that sounds amazing for someone else to, to say that and to refer to you as that way, because we know it's many years of hard work and dedication for you guys to get to that point. So congratulations for that. I just want to make a call out, as you mentioned, the support that Dr. DeSalle and Toro University has provided over the years in the area of pharmacy technician and pharmacy technician research. But these three ladies are also um, published authors, um, which is one of the reasons why we have them joining us today. A couple of months ago in April, actually, NHA's partnership with Pharmacy Times, we um, collaborated to produce the second volume of a pharmacy technician supplement um, that goes out with their regularly monthly occurring Pharmacy Times magazine. And these ladies were kind enough to write a feature article in that supplement focused on the topic that we want to talk about today, which is really um, the changing role of pharmacy technicians. How have they been impacted during, but most importantly, you know, what will that look like post-pandemic for the profession of pharmacy technicians? And we were chatting before this that, you know, a few of them, you know, a couple of them are pharmacy technicians or were pharmacy technicians. Um, so I think they not only um, can bring a ton of insights around um, being a pharmacy technician, but also working alongside pharmacy interns, residents, and now pharmacists as they transition into the, the new role that is anxiously awaiting them. So thanks again, ladies, and congratulations. Thank you. So, you know, getting right into this and, and uh, I'll be so glad that, that when maybe we can stop talking about it, but the pandemic, right? The white it's an interesting dynamic because Valerie, I mean, your entire pharmacy school career has been during a pandemic. Uh, and obviously, Sarah and Joanne, uh, you have obviously not spent your entire pharmacy school career in a pandemic. So, I'm just kind of curious, maybe first off, like what, uh, Valerie, how has been uh, your experience being a first year pharmacy student during a, a pandemic? Um, it's been really interesting because it's all been online for the most part. So it's all been conducted uh, via Zoom. And, you know, I had to set up a little office space at home in order to be able to, you know, function. And previously I was planning on commuting to the school and um, being in the classroom and, you know, having that camaraderie with my uh, peers and um, getting to know my professors that way. So it's been different, but um, I've actually enjoyed it because it uh, has allowed me to still make those connections um, with my like professor and you know maybe in the past like with Dr. Desel I might have been too like shy to reach out but because it you know it's like a different format so um, I just was like well you know I'm, I'm just gonna see if there's any opportunities and I asked him if there was any way I could get involved in research um, with his team and, you know, he was really open to it. So I just feel really fortunate that um, it's gone so, so well and I've been able to, I guess, thrive in this 
odd <laughs> environment. Um, so for me, it's actually been a positive one. Um, and having that, you know, not having to commute to school has allowed me to also be able to um, get an internship in a pharmacy. And so I feel like I'm getting even more experience, um, which is really great for me. Yeah, that's great. I, I think we're all kind of looking back at this past year and, and, you know, what are the pros and cons of, you know, this kind of work environment of, because uh, you, you do miss that camaraderie. And I, I, I'm not a pharmacist. I've not been to pharmacy school, but I've been in the pharmacy industry now since 2000. So I've trained my share of interns and seen things come and go. And I know that the, you know, every class of pharmacy students are typically tight knit. I went to the University of Arizona, so that's my primary experience. But I know all of those students, I mean, it's like when you're in the thick of it together for those four years, you know, um, it's just, it, they're, they're your kin. Um, so Sarah and, and Joanne, your fourth year, you were doing clinical rotations. How how was that during a, a pandemic? How was that affected? I mean, for us, so we so for Turo, our program, um, it's different than other schools where it's still four years, but we do two plus two, so it's two years didactics and then two years of rotation. So um, when the March, when the lockdown happened, we were already um, basically finishing up our third year. Of pharmacy school and basically our first year of clinical rotation. So I remember I was on an open period. And so I was just trying to finish like um, my requirements before I started my hospital rotations. And then it just basically stopped. Like everyone that was on their acute rotations, which is um, like their clinical rotations or their on electives, um, we were all just like, so what do we do? Like people are being sent home, like from the other schools, because we have a few um, in Northern California, there's Four pharmacy schools um, that are in the area and so all of us are trying to like share the, the same site so we had other students where we knew like my school sending me home are like this, this is me talking to like my other classmates like where are you guys going home like what's going on and so we were in limbo on our rotations because um, I know that we ranked our fourth year rotations and from our understanding is that they were already um, ready to go to be sent out to us and then they had to scrap it because sites closed. And um, there was one big hospital system that provides a lot of the rotations for ambulatory care and as well as like acute care that basically closed their doors for pharmacy for 2020. And that took out a lot of sites for us. So it was just like waiting just to find out where we can be placed and just try to be accommodating. So for us, we weren't able to restart our rotations till July and August. And from my understanding, more or less the rotation sites that I had were most likely weren't the ones I was originally intended to have. So I had a few sites that I didn't choose, but you know, I want to finish on time. So I'm like, I'll just take it. Actually, yeah, to add on to Sarah, um, from my personal experience, I actually had to commute far. Um, yeah, far did. from, <laughs> yeah, like, so we started, we started our rotations around July and I had to commute kind of far because I wanted to graduate on time as well you know I'm just like all the other students so I remembered telling um our professors who's in charge of arranging our rotation sites like whatever it takes like just let me know what what sites are available and I'll go and I actually ended up driving down to um SoCal area for three months to do two rotations down there just so I could 
graduate on time because there um the sites up here in the bay area there just wasn't enough for um for all the students so that was definitely a challenge well uh luckily you guys have come out on the other side of it uh obviously and and you know I, I can't speak for you, obviously, but for me, sometimes it's those surprises or, or getting uh, the things that you weren't expecting that maybe sometimes bring the the most experience or, or, or the best experience. So, um, I think you, I think you, ladies, hit a common core that is also an experience that was observed and felt on the pharmacy technician education side of things too, right? You're explaining your experiences and not being able to do clinical rotations. And we know pharmacy technicians as part of their programs also have that component in order to become certified or to seek employment um, and things like that. And I can almost guess, and Jeremy, you can probably speak to this, that they experience many of the same stresses and anxieties and, and, um, situations that you both just described. Can you guys expand a little bit on that just based on um, your interactions with, because we know when you did get back into your rotations, you were working on a daily basis alongside pharmacy technicians. How do you feel like the role of pharmacy technicians also changed because of this pandemic? So, um, so my rotations for like during the pandemic were mostly in the hospital. And so again, as you know, like there's operational pharmacists that basically handle the orders that the doctors send. And then the people that actually go out into the hospital that, that you know, the nurses and the doctors mostly see are actually the pharmacy technicians that like do the drug runs. They're the ones that's compounding the medications. And so they really had to step up to accommodate as well, because in a sense, I remember when, cause everyone was trying to navigate, how do we handle PPE, like protective, from protective equipment? Um, how do we handle going different floors? Like, you know, everything was like a learning basis. So like some hospitals had designated COVID floors, um, like this part of the ICU, like, you know, things that we don't know um, going on. I remember talking to some of the technicians where it's, you know, they're the ones that are risking, you know, their like safety and like their health to go into these environments without really knowing because they still have to bring the meds to like the med room or they have to run a drug up. And so, you know, I remember one hospital that I was at, um, it was like, everything's adapting, right? So I remember, okay, just wear a mask. And then eventually like, no, you need to wear protective um, um, eyeglasses. And then eventually when I was ending my rotations, you also need to wear a face shield on top of the glasses, on top of the PPE. And then additionally to that, a lot of the, the technicians I work with were older. Like, you know, they're already near like the retirement careers. They've already like put in 30 years into their pharmacy technician careers. And so it's for them, it's like a navigating of, do I still want to continue? Like, is this what the landscape's going to look like? Or um, you know, just stepping up to the plate and just continue on and helping the team. So I know for them, like we asked a lot of them because we're asking them to have to go um, out onto the different hospital floors. Um, for me personally too, I also work retail and I just remember at least at the time, this is when it wasn't before like immunizations for like the COVID vaccines came about. Just remember all of us just like, um, just figuring out like, do I want to work a lot? Like, do I still want to work just because of just the safety and, uh, of the environment? Cause we just didn't know at the time or um, just continuing on in the pharmacy. Like I remember one of my technicians 
her mask. I remember her taping her mask to her face just because we just didn't know when we were working. Cause you know, as like one of the most um, accessible like healthcare providers, like that you can just go up to the counter, us and the pharmacists and as well as the pharmacy technicians, like we're just out in the open. And so everyone just can come up to us and ask questions. And then sometimes like social distancing, um, people forget about it, especially more towards like, like a year after the pandemic. But in the beginning, it was just like, how do I talk to you without well, still keeping privacy, but you're like that distance away without yelling. So those are things to keep in mind. Um, for me, uh, I all my experience with technicians has been in the retail setting and it's what sort of what I noticed. There's a really big push to get the technicians certified as immunizers and utilize them in that capacity. Um, one of the techs that I recently met, her sole job is to just go to these different clinics and immunize. Like that's what she does. Um, she goes to different sites and she strictly um, administers the vaccine immunizations. And so I thought that was really interesting that there was such um, a high demand for that in the retail setting and just making sure that uh, they had enough people to, to give the shots. And then there's just a really big push to make sure that all of the technicians are either certified or there's a plan to get them certified as immunizers. I know that um, it's, it's just a really big trend in like both, because um, I did an IPI recently and it, in that company, it was something that they were pushing for. And then also the current company that I work for now, it's something that I think they're gonna require um, for all of their technicians to be um, immunizers. So I thought that was that was interesting and, and, a, and a positive thing as well. Across the country, it was a big call for action, right? Anybody you know on the front lines that had a, a healthcare background that was in a setting you know, when it got to the point that those immunizations were available. Um, I'm anxious to know, obviously we see that as a huge value add that pharmacy technicians were able to provide to com the communities that they were serving and the people that they were serving. Can you elaborate a little bit more on what was the perception and acceptance in working alongside pharmacy technicians and pharmacists in this space when that did become such a hot topic? So. Was there any pushback or reservation or apprehension um, from pharmacy interns or pharmacists? Or were we just in such a situation where, you know, they kind of put all their maybe personal reservations aside and said, you know, we got to do what's in the best interest to, you know, for the health of, of our communities and our patients? Yeah, so um, I know for some of the pharmacy technicians that I worked with, at that time, at least in California, like pharmacy technicians um, weren't certified to um, immunize. And so when you're going to be a farm tech, to be asked to like step up to this role, a lot of, I remember a lot of the technicians were like, well, I didn't really sign up for this when um, I wanted to become a pharmacy technician. And of course, like all the pharmacy technicians that are interested in going to pharmacy school, this is a great opportunity because you'll be doing that as a pharmacist. So I know for them, they're all gung-ho about it. But for like the older technicians, some of them, it's like, 
I didn't necessarily want to do this. If I wanted to, I would have gone into pharmacy school. However, um, they do that. They did see that there is a need for it because making sure that everyone is vaccinated, because that's clearly we know is the safest way to prevent COVID um, nineteen is vaccinations because we don't have a cure for it currently. Um, they knew it was a great opportunity. And so in terms of like public perceptions, at least for me in the retail setting, like no one really has a problem with it. Um, more or less the um, community that I work in, they've, they've been going to our pharmacy for years. And so um, of course we always mention it to the patient, like, oh, I'm going to have my pharmacy technician immunize you, is that okay? Or I have like my student pharmacist going to immunize you, is that okay? For the most part, um, the patients will let us know um, if they're not comfortable, but for the most part, everyone was fine. You know, they tr it's like in a sense, they trust the pharmacists and they f trust the pharmacy technicians and they trust the interns because they've been going to us for for so long that um, for at least from my from my experience, there wasn't any problems. It's it's such an interesting evolution uh, because back in the early 2000s when pharmacists were just mm -hmm. getting into vaccinating, it was the same deal, except replace now, you know, pharmacists back then with doctors. Doctors were really concerned about a pharmacist's ability, you know, to stick a needle in someone's deltoid, right? And pharmacists were like, whoa, 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 I have to touch people? That's why I got into pharmacy was so I didn't have to touch people. I would have gone to nursing school, medical school or whatever if I wanted to touch people. Uh, so I remember working with a lot of pharmacists that just had a lot of uh, angst around now more or less having to go through this training and, and vaccinate. And, and certainly once they got certified to vaccinate, they weren't promoting it by any means because they still didn't want to do it fast forward to now and it's just such a natural thing and everybody's realized the accessibility that patients have to com uh, to community pharmacies and you know their staff and really like you said how you get to know your patients i mean when when you have somebody who sees their primary care provider on average you know two or three times a year versus how often they see their their pharmacy staff, you know, 34 times a year. I mean, it's you really get to know these people over over a period of time. So it's uh it's just an interesting evolution um that hopefully a few years from now technicians everywhere are going going to be immunizing and it's just going to be uh natural and nobody's going to remember a time when when they couldn't hopefully. Um Curious, um, would you guys maybe share with us um, what you feel the best way pharmacy technicians can really build trust with their pharmacy team? I mean, especially when we're ramping up these new roles so quickly, you know, not only immunizing, but, you know, performing point of care testing, um, things like that. There's a training component that, that goes with that, but not everyone is cut from the same cloth, so to speak, and have that willingness to jump in and do that. So how do they build trust with the interns, the pharmacists, the other staff members? So I have a feeling I'm going to be the one talking the most just because I've had the most experience as a former pharmacy technician as well. 
So I remember when I was hired on as um, a pharmacy technician a um, long time ago, it's, um, it's naturally understood that the pharmacist really needs someone to help them in the pharmacy operations, right? So it's already, you're already going into the role that I have this job for you to perform. In a sense, I'm relying on you because you're the face that the patients see. You know, whatever, what you present to the public is pretty much the perception this pharmacy is going to give off, right? And because for the most part, the, the pharmacist is going to be at their verification computers or they're doing consultations. And then um, the ones who's doing, at least in the retail setting, like doing um, pickup and going to drop off or at least like answering majority of the questions would be the pharmacy technician. So to build trust, it's, you know, you have a lot of hats to wear. Um, um, it's just basically, for me, like the best pharmacy technicians that I have worked with, um, they know the pharmacy inside and out. And so being able to show that you um, take initiative, basically, um, you're able to, you know, multitask. Um, I'm going to use the word triage just because I'm still like in like the clinical pharmacy setting, which isn't exactly like the normal like, vernacular to use, but you have to be able to basically assess like, okay, which, uh, patience is the most important for me to handle now and which ones can I at least process for later so that everything goes through flat, like every, all the work through, all the workflow goes through fine and then we can all leave on time basically and everything gets done. So a lot of the times like you have your pharmacy manager, but for the most part, it's the technicians that's managing the pharmacy just because they know um, like most of like they process the prescriptions, they know the status on things and then it's them like waiting for the pharmacist, like, do I have the go, like go ahead to go, like move forward with it. So I feel like for pharmacy technicians to build trust is like showing initiative, showing like you're responsible, showing that you're able to manage things and also like take direction well and as well as to provide feedback because it's a collaborative team, you know. Um, and I remember that's what I did when I was a pharmacy technician, just because it's just, for a lot of the times it's you and the pharmacist. And if the pharmacist is, you know, verifying and like standing at their computer, I'm the one that had to like do pick up, answer phone calls, fill, and then, you know, process and type prescriptions. And it's just me pretty much you see in the front. And then the pharmacist walks out if like, if I can't answer a question, cause I'm not, um, I don't have like the clinical skills for it, or it's it's a question that the patients directly ask for the pharmacist. I think, yeah, that uh, communication is really big, being able to effectively communicate because, you know, the pharmacist only has so much time and you need to be able to, you know, work delegating different tasks between other technicians and being able to prioritize um, what needs to get done and also your follow through, um, just making sure that you're following through and completing things um, so that they're not being left for someone else um, to find out later. I think those are all really important skills um, for technician to have and the technicians that I've seen that you know I rely on or feel like I can learn a lot from um, have those, those skills. Those are all really great points. I know we, we oftentimes um, really push the message around um, essential skills or those professional skills are just as important or most times more important, right, than just being able to know the clinical task and the content, you know, behind performing a, a 
specific role or duty or function. You guys brought up a lot of really great points and I want to transition to lean towards the towards the end of, of this podcast and really focus a couple of additional questions around um, what do we feel like it's, you know, we're transitioning into a post-pandemic world, we hope, right? And what do we feel like is going to change or maybe stay the same? I know Jeremy talked about, you know, immunizations is a great example of pharmacists didn't used to be able to do it. Now it's common practice. They don't even think twice about it. We moved into the stage of, oh no, we would never imagine pharmacy technicians being immunizers. And I think we're moving into that stage where we've seen just in recent legislation that a lot of states are adopting the language that came across maybe in an executive order or an emergency rule to where those duties and responsibilities are, are becoming permanent. So maybe even outside of just the regulatory space, what other things do you feel like will be the largest changes that might occur in light of, you know, the pandemic? Um, and what impact will that have on the, on the pharmacy profession as a whole? Well, I was trying to reflect a lot from my personal experience as a technician with the most up-to-date with how it is going, the workflow now. Um, not that experience in that part, but just thinking from my past rotations and um, hearing the stories from Sarah and Valerie and other um, former technicians that are my friends. I really feel just overall how pharmacy just is expanding. And um, in terms of reflecting when you mentioned how now technicians have can start step, stepping up and playing that role as um, immunizers, like there's always going to be that that level of discomfort in the beginning, but then eventually with time, like you said, it'll just be part of a second nature. So something that I thought about in the, in the pharmacy workflow, especially when I was doing my rotation in the hospital set, setting, I really admired how technicians, I felt like they had, they have that potential to really step up and be more of that leadership role because they've, um, hearing the stories from Sarah and Valerie, they do technically, they know the overall workflow of the pharmacy. And they actually, I feel without their support and how they take the lead during the day, I feel pharmacists and overall, everything might be a bit chaotic, especially if um, more orders need to be done or more fills. So I feel in the future, definitely lots of um, expansion. I know tech check, is starting to be a thing and pharmacy technician expansion, especially in telepharmacy is also something I know that's growing. But I think overall, as we all expand, um, one big thing I could see pharmacy technicians having more of that leadership, like guiding and supporting the pharmacist, especially in the workflow. Yeah, that's definitely a, a great point. And, you know, I just, Right now, with the ability of technicians to provide the COVID-19 vaccine to Jessica's point, at some point that is going to go away and it's we're going to be back in a situation where individual state boards of pharmacy are going to have to step up to the plate and say, is this really something we want to continue to dig our heels into and, and not allow to happen after we've had a majority of a, of a year of technicians getting training and, and providing immunizations and doing that well. And I, I mean, I feel like we've really done a great job at getting as many, you know, needles into arms as, as possible because of that. And one thing that I found 
most interesting when we looked at Idaho, who was the first state to allow technicians to immunize back in 2017, was not only are they now administering vaccine, they have become much more of an ambassador to the patients in terms of promoting immunizations, vaccines, appropriate vaccines based on age and and things like that. So they're having more conversation as the oftentimes a point person who's the first and last point of contact with patients asking those those questions. So I think one of the most interesting things was the rate of immunizations really spiked. And it wasn't, again, because you have more staff doing it, you're just having more conversation because the technicians who wanted to do it were really passionate about it. And it gave them an opportunity to have that conversation and, and potentially provide that that immunization or vaccine. I think- I think the pandemic really did allow for passion to come through for a lot of different frontline healthcare professionals, including technicians. Valerie, I'm anxious, you know, you're within, you know, a couple of years, two to three years of, of graduating and, you know, a technician that might just be considering or thinking about, or an individual that might be considering or thinking about going into a pharmacy technician training program or becoming a technician when they complete school and when you're finished with school, what do you think the pharmacy is going to look like? Do you think it will be different or what do you expect maybe those changes to be? Um, So I feel like um, at least right now, the pharmacist really appreciates being able to have that extra help and being able to delegate to their technician, um, you know, like if you can please like take care of the immunizations today because they have, you know, so many uh, prescriptions that they have to verify or, um, you know, other tasks. I think that they really appreciate that. And I think that it's, I can't really see it going away just because of how much time has been invested and, um, probably money too, and getting these um, different technicians, uh, this extra training. And I think it's a good thing. I think it builds trust within the team because they have these enhanced responsibilities. And so I think it really will allow pharmacists to um, practice uh, at a higher level and uh, it'll improve access to healthcare for the public. Um, because it just, it's more, you can, it's more of like a one-stop shop. You know, you can, you can go pick up your medications and you can get immunized at the same time. And, you know, maybe potentially there'll be, um, on the horizon, other, other tests we can perform, um, to help patients because, you know, most people live in a pretty reasonable distance to a pharmacy, but, not everybody lives that close to a doctor's office. And so just being able to go somewhere where you already know the people and you can see the team interacting well together and supporting each other, I think overall it's just really positive outlook. And, um, you know, especially if people continue to embrace, um, not just like within the profession, but the public continue to embrace these new roles I think it's it's a really great thing and I'm excited to be a part of it. 
great insights. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really funny you say one-stop shop because I really think there's something to that. And I'm probably a little bit biased in my opinion because most of my career has been around grocery store pharmacies. Uh, but it's, I always loved, you, you know, somebody's walking by and it's like, oh, could you, could you tell me what aisle the flowers in? Um, oh, and also do you guys give flu, flu shots? And it's like, yes. Uh, I have no idea what number aisle flower is in, but step on back and we will absolutely give you, give you a flu shot. So, um, and, and quite honestly, the, the stores love it too, because uh, any any customer waiting on their prescription being filled is is going to go shop and, and buy groceries or, or whatnot. But um, it, the can, you can't beat the convenience. Um, and I think that's why pharmacy has been so successful over the years at these types of initiatives and, and not just immunizing, you know, it's the um, getting your CDE and really uh, counseling patients on on managing you know chronic metabolic diseases like type two diabetes and and then having that grocery store at your disposal, being able to bring somebody in who can then also talk on the nutrition side and even demonstrate things that that people should be buying or should be eating. Um, so you know pharmacy, the way that it's evolved, is really in a great place to become a primary health destination uh for a lot for a lot of people with that being said ladies i have one last question to kind of close this out if you had one piece of advice to give to your peer group to pharmacy technicians um you know working now kind of entering into this post-pandemic world what would that piece of advice be to them um i would say to always have an open mind like, especially because change will be happening for sure. So to always just stay positive and just be willing to accept any challenge and just learn as you go. Because for sure, there'll always be that support system. I feel in the pharmacy world, there's always a, a strong support system with pharmacists and pharmacy technicians and everyone just around. So just keep the open mind. I think uh, probably mine would be embrace change just because uh, it's what I've tried to do. Um, and I feel like it's been a really positive experience in the past. Maybe I would have been a little bit more hesitant and I, you know, could have had a different um, attitude and outlook, you know, coming into pharmacy school because it was all online. Um, but I just really tried to stay positive about it. And it's been really great. You know, I get to work with Sarah and Joanne and Dr. Desell, and um, they've all taught me so much that I just feel really grateful. So um, yeah, embrace, embrace the change. And um, I guess for mine, just remember that um, this is your pharmacy. And so sometimes I feel like the stress of it all, it, it's just like, it becomes like an individual, like me, like me thing. But, and again, like, and again, it's like, we're doing this together and like the pharmacists and like the pharmacy interns that rely on you so much, especially as well as the patients. And so you have like such an important role in the pharmacy and that's in a sense, it's, it's your pharmacy. Like this pharmacy is yours and how it's run, it, it's really based upon you. And so you're in a sense, like one of the most important people on the team. Great pieces yes. of advice. Thank you, ladies. Can't say thank you enough for joining us. Thank you for um, your contribution to the community and the pharmacy profession during kind of these crazy times. 
And I just personally want to wish you the best of luck in the coming years with the next steps in your educational or workforce careers. Um, I think it's really great for individuals, um, pharmacy technicians and other pharmacy professions to really hear your stories and to be able to connect with, um, you know, what you're doing on a daily basis. It really sheds some light and defines how important um, the pharmacy profession is and the, the role, as you guys said, in terms of accessibility for those patients that we see every day. So hopefully everyone will take a listen to this episode. Jeremy, you want to tell them how they can access it? Yeah, well, uh, you know, as I always say, subscribe on your favorite uh, podcast platform, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, you name it. Pharmacy Podcast Network seems to be uh, everywhere. Um, Also, uh, to our listeners, I'll remind you, uh, if you haven't seen the technician supplement in uh, the April Pharmacy Times, um, you can access that online. Definitely check it out. Um, These three wonderful guests today um, all contributed to that uh, to that supplement. Uh, so there's a lot of great information in there that is just specifically directed toward technicians. Uh, so I definitely encourage you to um, check that out. You can also visit uh, our website at NHA at www.nhanow.com. If you look under the careers section of our website, you will find the blog. And that is also where all of our episodes um, from the very beginning um, live. So um, definitely check them out. You can subscribe to our blog that way. So Valerie Wassum, thank you again so much. Good luck in the rest of your pharmacy school career. Hopefully uh, in the very near future, you can actually be on campus in lecture halls, uh, sitting hopefully closer than than six feet to to your next uh, colleague, but uh, all the best with the rest of your your pharmacy school career. And and doctors Carpio and Kaneda, thank you so much uh, for joining today and for your wonderful insights. And and again, congratulations on uh, recent graduation and and becoming PharmDs. Good luck with the the licensing and uh, wherever your careers take you, all the best. And and definitely uh, we'll have to stay in touch as you you progress uh, through your career. So really appreciate it. Jessica, anything else? Nope. Join us for our next episode of On Script. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And until you hear us again, everybody stay well. Thanks for listening to On Script, where we cast a spotlight on pharmacy technicians, the services they provide, and to the patients they serve. So, for all the spatula warriors, TPN ninjas, and lieges of levigation, this podcast is for you. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or go to pharmacypodcast.com.